Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is the most anticipated episode of the year. It's kids and it's money. It's what the hell do I do if I fall pregnant, if we are having a baby? Part one. Here we go. Well, it's a very, very interesting surprise today. I've got two guests here. Our regular peeps couldn't make it. If John's not here, what do you do? You get the next best thing, and that is Amy Pigeon. Hey, Amy, how are you? Good, thanks, Glenn. How are you? Very well. So, you are the uh, the lady, the myth, the legend, the spouse, the wife. Better half. The better half, the <laughs> mother to be. No. <laughs> Not to be. Not, not to be. <laughs> Please, no. The mother of John Pigeon, basically. Yeah. The de facto mother of John Pigeon. Yeah. And also, I've got a good friend of the show, James Millard. Hey, James, how are you? Hey, Glenn. Very well. Uh, James, actually, a lot of you may have talked to James or I may refer you to James. James, you're a financial advisor. Um, you've got clients all over Australia. You work out of the city of Sydney and you live on the northern beaches. Yeah. And you've been a good friend of mine and the show for some time. So, thanks for I have coming up to the studio. And I'm still lurking in the Facebook group. <laughs> you are. So, James, I actually got James in to come into the Facebook group just to like, you know, help answer questions. Um, so, yeah, you're a good asset to our people at M3. Well, thank you very much. And um, you might notice a brand new phone, Glenn. Last time I was here, we were I was I was heavily phone shamed, Amy. I had the <laughs> iPhone six and it ran I out could of battery. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just <laughs> loves on, a device. Glenn. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> question. This is an important question. Yeah. I notice you're on iPhone. Yeah. And John's on Android. Yeah. What's with that? Oh, you have to ask John that question. But like, what? you obviously prefer Apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then he's on some Android tangent. It's so, because it costs less. Ah, there we <laughs> if go. If really breaking it down. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Do you reckon if I bought him an iPhone, he would use it? No. <sighs> just to just to be stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you've got three kids. Yeah. Are you raising your kids Apple or Android? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. That's, that's very important. a tricky question. It is. I try to raise them no technology. For well, well, we're really trying to yeah. break it Good luck. Down. Totally. Yeah, that's right. So let's get straight into it. You all ready? You all ready for this? <laughs> let's do it. Ready to go. All right. Are you tired of scrolling through your social media, constantly wondering about how he can afford a smoothie bowl every morning, or about how she can afford that brand new Mercedes AMG on her salary? Well, wonder no more, because at My Millennial Money, we're proud to announce our brand new payment platform. It's a system that allows you to buy items in one easy instalment at the time of purchase using your own money. It allows you to be flexible with your cash flow and will let you make smart money decisions. It's interest-free, contains no late fees, and, as an added bonus, there's no limit to the amount of money you can use. 
Your credit file will not be touched and you don't have to install any other apps. Introducing NowPay. Available now. Pay. So, Amy, can you just tell us um, how many kids you've got and their ages? So, Max is our eldest child. He's 10. Uh, Molly is 7. She'll be 8 in October. And our youngest, Charlie, is 6. Sweet. So, that's just to set the scene. And how long have you and John been married for? Uh, 10 years. Wow. That's a sentence and a half, isn't it? <laughs> and James, what's your qualifications for this episode? <laughs> My situation. Yeah. I also have children. Yeah. Two of them. Adeline or Ada. She is two and a little bit. Eden is 11 months and he is an absolute terror. Nice. I've Very got nice. i those two. <laughs> I don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not emotionally strong enough. Now, <laughs> lucky you're the host, then. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's why I need professionals on the show to uh, to interview. Now, I just want to ask Amy, how did you and John do it? Like, before you fell pregnant, let's just set the scene yep. with your financial situation. What was that looking like? Your employment? Did you own a house at the time? What yep. was that like? Um. So. Oh, and you forgot to mention your fourth child. John. John. He's 42. (laughs) (laughs) The most work out of all of them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, we... uh, Pidge and I did the long distance thing for quite a while. So I was working here. I'm a teacher um, by trade, but so I was working, teaching, and then I was also doing some personal training. I had a personal training business on the side as well. And um, anyway, we did the long distance thing for a while, and then eventually I decided to move to Adelaide. So... And he was in Adelaide at the time? Yeah, he was in Adelaide uh, and he was working, running personal training franchises at the time too. So when we moved, when I moved over, um, he, we decided that I'd work in the business as well. And yeah, so we'd only been maybe six months or so where we'd kind of, I guess he'd gone from having just himself to support to then having somebody else. But then I was also working in the business. Sweet. And then, yeah, we found out we were pregnant right and at that time were you renting in adelaide or did you own a property yeah there? we were renting in yep. adelaide but we both also owned properties yep. ourselves prior to coming together in the relationship yeah max was a surprise max was a surprise awesome yes. awesome <laughs> we're both renting we've got our business in adelaide yep and we find out we're pregnant mm-hmm. at the time do you remember if you had much like spare cash in the bank or any debt or um, anything like that no we were pretty good like we had debt associated with investment, investment properties, properties yeah. yeah um but not a lot of other bad debt um yeah you know pidge owned his car i sold my car when i moved yeah to and adelaide and yeah so we were we were pretty good yeah and what was the as soon as like at the time you fell pregnant mm-hmm. had you both had the discussion that oh we would like to have a family in the next couple of years yeah. or was it like literally oh crap that happened a year before we thought, like... Well, we, yeah, we talked about... We both knew we wanted a family. Yes. But it definitely probably happened at least 12 months prior to when we may have liked. <laughs> but that was not really a financial thing. That was more that we wanted to get out and... Do some things. Do some things. Yeah, yeah especially because we'd done the long distance thing for a while. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was... It definitely happened and before wh- we would have... What was your first feeling when you found out you were pregnant? Um, oh, I was scared, I suppose. Yeah, scared. I was nervous. I, I was excited as well. In hindsight, I'm 
almost glad the decision was taken away from me because I, we're both planners and yes. I could see us of putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and sometimes you just need to go with the flow where life takes Let you. Let nature and, take its yeah, course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then um, so, James, what was your situation? Probably the flip side. We we started trying um, – Whoa, it would have been 2014-ish. Uh, and after a failed pregnancy and a couple of, you know, fairly difficult times of trying to work it out, we spent some time traveling. We did other things. We definitely lived. Um, we, we figured out what excess was and that's why it was one of the things that led me to call the business Sufficient Funds because we figured out what was way more than, this, than sufficient. Yeah. Um, and we then went to IVF. And so Ada was born in March 2017. And how much was the IVF for you guys? So IVF is about 10 grand a hit. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a process of harvesting the eggs, da, da 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 do the sample, put them together. If you have to go back and harvest again, you might get a number of decent embryos out of that. And sure. so. And, that, and that's interesting. So Ada was an IVF baby. She was, yeah, yeah, and so that in itself may require planning because hundred percent. So we were children naturally. You need mm. to save ten grand. We were super planned, yeah. Um, sweet. In in the process of knowing that that's what had to happen, right? So yeah. we we went through that process and we knew that IVF was the only option. Or we yeah. got to that point, um, and we had the cash in the bank, so we just did it. But uh, yeah, and look, Eden Eden came from that same batch. Wow, actually, wow. Interesting. Interestingly enough. So, yeah, we, we got lucky with that because, I mean, I know, I mean, just as a side note, I mean, we're talking about having babies. There's lots of people who really, really struggle. I mean, we struggled for a bit and we went through and we understand what it's like to see it happening to others and not happening How to old us, are you now? 37. And, you know, Tash is somewhat younger than you. We won't... Um, about six months, yeah. <laughs> oh, we don't, we don't, don't give out... We've done it. A woman's, <laughs> okay. a lady's age. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So, and just before that time, you were planned. Was Tash a career gal? Yeah, hundred percent, and and still is. Um, she like she so yeah. Look, full time managing teams of people in a fairly big corporate, and yeah. So I mean, we were lucky that things like maternity leave and all of that were set up, and we'd been able to stash a good amount of cash and so forth. I mean, we. Where I say it was probably heavily planned, I keep as a, as a financial advisor, I probably keep my finances fairly loose compared to what how I'd help a client deal with it. Um, so we, you know, I'd I'd gone through a period of we'd I'd left we'd left the high paying job just before I did that. We jumped into a mortgage that we couldn't afford, and we stretched ourselves big time. Started a business with no clients, and then started you know, going through that process of IVF and and dumping cash into that. And had two kids in a very short period of time. So we, you know. If you if we knew that was all going to happen in one go, we probably would have stepped back and well, yeah. Is this actually going and to just work? for the elephant in the room, a lot of people might be thinking, why would you tell somebody else to do something that you don't do? I guess you. It's about it's about your own level of comfort, right? So I've, I and mean, risk appetite, hundred percent. Yeah, and so John we, talks about that all the time, doesn't he? Absolutely. I mean, like if Amy probably says to John, "Oh, what do you feel like for dinner tonight?" He'd probably answer, oh, what's your appetite for risk? Like, are we driving out? (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole. And as well, starting a financial planning business, your income was only going to grow. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and we had the fallback of we we had a good amount of cash. Like we had two years of run of lead time in the bank to know yeah. that we could still yeah, live out. Chest. Yeah. yeah. And and we also had a lot of fat in the budget that we could cut out if we needed to. We were living we were living in a in a situation where we were saving a lot of money. Yes. But also spending a good amount. Yeah. And so it was it was a point of we could probably save more and as soon as we needed to, we did. So, that's just a bit of background information about both families represented here today. Uh, before we move on, did anything else come to mind that you want to let the listeners know to set the scene for each life? I mean, you were a career girl as well, basically, Amy. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, full-time yeah, I always educator. full-time, yep, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yep. So, again, I just want to start with one question from Ashley uh, in the Facebook group. When's the best time financially to have kids? We own our home, but my partner wants us to buy an investment property before having a baby. I mean, look, I'd say work out what the investment property is actually going to do for you. So, I mean, we always, and I sound like a broken record on this. So, we, we take it back to the goals. What are you actually trying to achieve? And if that baby's number one, the investment property can happen now. It can happen later. To be honest, I mean, if you've got the cash to do both, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Amy? Oh, I would agree 100%. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you don't want to look back in 10 years' time at some investment property that you've bought and wish that you'd, you'd made a decision about your actual personal life as opposed to a financial decision. Yeah. Because, as James said, that, that can wait. Yeah. And there's many ways to go about doing it. It doesn't need to be one or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, you need to look at your options and yeah. look at your personal financial situation. So I don't think that's a really black and white answer. In this grey world. Absolutely. Yeah, and I I guess my view, and again, I'm just speaking on this topic today purely from a financial point of view, and someone might be thinking, well, how can you have an input on that? You haven't had kids. I go, yes, that's fine, but I've also got 80-year-old clients that I manage quite well. Mm -hmm. You know, you went to an orthopaedic surgeon and had your ankle reconstructed 15 times, that doctor may not have ever had ankle surgery nor operated on himself. So you can be a a subject matter expert in that field. So what I would say from a financial point of view, Ashley, if you guys want to have a baby, have a baby. Awesome. The, The right time is whenever you want. Now, there's a few caveats to that. If you both are on a, a debt reduction campaign, for example, and you know, you think you can clean up all your personal loans or your car debt or whatever, clean up your mess within the next six to eight months, sure, let's, you might just want it for housekeeping. Let's just spend the next six months cleaning up our mess. If you're in a crap load of debt and it's going to take 10 years to dig out, well, you're not putting a family on hold for 10 years. So that's probably number one. You've got a brain, you're allowed to use it. And that's not talking to you, Ashley. That's just talking to (laughs) everybody. And then number two, I would probably say, if you are both working full time, the best chance you have for future leverage and borrowing is when there's two strong incomes. Mm. And if you can line your ducks up right, you might be able to to do both. But actually, I would say, don't be afraid to, you know, even jump on the phone with Pidge and have a clarity call with both of you on the, and just have a third party or somebody in your life. And if you're a listener to this show, we are in your life. So have somebody in your life who can have an objective view of your situation uh, but the the right time to have a f- family financially is whenever you want. But if you need to press pause, and I would say, and this is probably for both of you, James, from a financial point of view, Amy, for a, from a lifestyle point of view, do you think if you can clean up your mess within six months to a year, maybe press pause on that? Like, 
Yeah, I would say. Yeah. I mean, any little bit of, um, every little bit counts, doesn't it? And so, you know, if you can do what you can be doing now to improve your financial situation, as in today, then you do that and then you do it again tomorrow if you can. And then if the next day you're pregnant, well then, you know, that's when you... We play the cards we dealt. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think there's necessarily a right time to start and a right time, you just, now, now is the time. Yeah, the only the only thing I'd add to that is if you are thinking about kids, if you're ready in your head, which a lot of people aren't, and like you said, it, mm. you know, for you, Amy, it, it just happened. Yeah, just do it. I reckon because that- you, I mean, it might take years to happen. Yeah. yeah, and don't put like I seriously don't put it off. Yeah, I reckon the only way I could ever have kids if it was a surprise, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not planning that straight up. Sorry, <laughs> totally. Um, but I will say, just from a nature point of view. And I'm flapping my arms like I'm a goose here. If, yeah, I want kids and we've just been on this Kentucky tour and we use personal loans and our life's a freaking train wreck and I'm only 23 years old, probably not going to move the needle in the scheme of your life to wait four years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know. Like, if you yeah. want to establish your life, that's fine. But if also, if you want kids, have kids. However, if you're north of 35 or 30 or whatever the age is that, you know, everybody's different, but... I think to your point, James, there's no guarantee that you can ever have kids. Yeah, that's right. With our second child, we just sold our business in Adelaide, moved home. Neither of us had a job. Um, we were living with mum for a bit while we figured out what we were going, figured out the next step, decided to start a business. And then we chose to have our second baby, um, which, you know, if you look at that on paper, what we're discussing now sounds like a terrible decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But I think that the timing of that in the scheme of our lives and worked. And so we had to, we said, okay, this is what we want and we'll make everything else work around it. And I guess that comes back to your risk profile as well. Yeah. And it goes back to whenever we're talking, like everybody's situation is so different. Mm. Like just because someone's waiting to have kids doesn't mean you have to wait. Just because somebody's having a litter of kids within a five-year period doesn't mean you have to. Mm. You, right. you might not know that they've got all the freaking money in the world and it's all good. Mm. You know, it's just choose your own adventure. That's right. Totally. And, I mean, that's a conversation we're having with so many of your listeners is yeah. is stop comparing. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Stop looking over the fence. Um, it's the first thing that we do when we open our Instagram and everything else. It's what are they doing or should I be doing it? And I've had a number of people ask me, Am I earning enough for my age? Yes. Or am I doing enough of this? Well, that depends. Yes. There's no straight answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think like a lot of things, if if there's one thing I want you to get out of this conversation today is I need you to remove every ounce of pressure on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that because you've got your own life. It's no one else's business how you do it, when you do it, why you do it. And that includes the decision to start a family with your partner. It's as simple as that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Now, let's just go, let's move. So, James, what would some practical financial tips that you would tell people um, to do if we're in the window of we want to, and we'll just assume for this discussion that we want to start a family. So, it's quote unquote planned. Yeah. Okay. So, you want to start a family in the next year. Uh, what are some of the practical things that you would tell people to do? Sure. So, I mean, there's a bunch of them. Right? Like, uh, the kind of overview is 
figure out the cost. Sure. Think about medical costs. Think about time off work. Think about how you're going to operate after the baby comes and what does that look like? Um, and then, you know, other things like um, just just making sure things like insurance is sorted. Yeah. Uh, and if you have all that and if you need to factor that in. But if you go back to that kind of – that cost of having a baby – there's a, there's a bunch of them, obviously, things like clothes and baby clothes and all of that. And what I'll do is I'm going to jump in because there's a heap of you that ask questions and make comments in the Facebook group. Uh, and just on this topic, Sheila asked, planning on starting to try for a baby soon, what do we need to prepare for financially? They've got no consumer debt, but also not eligible for paid maternity leave. Just mm. foreign problems. So, obviously, not um, you know a citizen, maybe, or resident. I don't know what the... The lingo is there, but so yeah, on on that part, it's working out the cost, isn't it? It's the cost, and then and and that includes the cost of your time off work, and you just need to work out how much you have in the bank and whether you can make that work. I'd be shifting to your other half's income only, if possible, as yes. soon as possible, or, or try at least give that a go because that's probably the most practical way to make it work. Yeah. And that's um, um, that's what Corinna Cooper says. If you're going to need to live on one income and haven't been, make the change as soon as possible. Put yeah. the rest into savings or use it to buy the big baby items and you don't need as much as you think you do and you don't need to keep up with the Joneses, with the Joneses or the latest influencers. So that that is a hundred percent the best advice, and look, this is different for everyone. But we got I got some really good advice from one of my mates, and everyone's going to tell you what to do in this in this circumstances. But if you look at what you actually absolutely need before the baby comes, I mean, think about it. If your baby's born in summer, that kid's getting around in nappies and, and singlets. You mm. don't. You literally don't need anything else. Yeah. A pram and like. The baby shops and Instagram tell you to get everything yeah. and it's out of control. Yeah. So we, I mean, we got, we literally got the pram, bassinet, we got the cot later, car seat to get home from hospital and, and you, everyone gives you things like you get so much stuff. It's a practical tip because I'm thinking, gosh, if I had kids and there was two cars in the family, would you just getting two car seats so you don't have to move them all the time? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's yeah. a pain yeah. in the neck. Yeah. That was our decision. We've got two cars at the moment with four yeah. car seats. Yeah. And, oh, wow. And no, there's no negotiation on that. Our time is better spent It's exactly elsewhere. right. The time it takes to move a car seat from one to the other. Yeah. Now, Amy, hypothetically, I ran into you at the corner store. Yep. Sounds like I'm in the 50s, but whatever. <laughs> the corner store. There's actually a corner store near our house. <laughs> and I said, oh, just fallen pregnant. We, you know, it's kind of happened. Any tips that you would tell me after being through what you've been through? Are we talking about what to buy here or what are yeah, we financially? Just any financial tips that um, I've got, you know, we've got eight months or so before one of the income drops. Yep. What? I'd back up James 100% in yep. saying that you don't need to buy anything until you need it. So you need your car seat to come home from hospital. Um, you need some nappies. You need a few basic things, but don't buy anything because you think you have to have it or because it looks nice or... That's... Yeah, wet. actually, that's mm. very interesting. I mean, I, I was thinking like even if I was getting a, a puppy or whatever, mm. I'd probably just get the minimum mm. and just work out. I'll buy something when the time comes that then yeah. I need it. A, a good example is the baby carrying... Um, yeah. The, I forget what they're called, like your baby Bjorn type yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and which are, can be fairly pricey. Um, there's so many different ones out there and it's one of those things that you think, oh, yeah, I'll need that. But then certain babies love them hmm. and certain babies don't. And so you might have... So you could ask a friend or somebody, hey, can I borrow, borrow one to it. see if we Absolutely. like it? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. borrow it. Wait. Wait until your child is of the age where you use it. You may not even find that you're, the way that you're operating with your child is in a way that you actually require that item. So mm. definitely um, holding off. Holding mm. off until you actually feel you've been in a situation where you think I really do need that and it's something I'm going to use regularly. And if I can jump in with some logic here, because you know the biggest trap that I see, uh, people go, we're having a baby or we've got a family. We need a brand new car because it's safest. Now, let's just have a think of that logic, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Now, if you go out today and buy a brand new SUV or whatever it is, because it's safest. By definition, that logic, when 2020 rocks around, I need you to sell that car and buy another new one. You need to buy a brand new car every single year if that's your logic. Mm. So, I grew up, you know, we had an old Ford Cortina 1975 model. It had the vinyl seats and the... Belt buckles that stung when it was yeah, hot, hot. <laughs> and all these yeah. problems, no air con, like yeah. driving to Queensland in that in summer. Like as a kid, I'm pretty sure I survived. Or oh, no, that could have been the freaking brain damage. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the car thing, let's just chill out. I feel like it's an excuse. People use it as an excuse because exactly. they want a new car. Exactly. So And they think, oh, I'll have just, to have one now. If you want a new car... Have that as your excuse. That's I right. just want a new car. Own it. Say, I would like yeah. a new car. If you're going to yep. tell me we need it because it's safest, I'm going to call BS on your logic and demand you buy a brand new car every single year. Absolutely. So, And the kids trash your car. Like, oh, you know, once your God, kids... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's food everywhere. It's a disgrace. I don't want anyone to get in my car. Yeah. <laughs> it's revolting. Sand, dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want a brand new car. <laughs> so, just so on that, it's the planning. So, James, you're saying just count the cost. Like, if you... And that goes back to you've just got to get a budget and a spending plan yep. or a system in place as soon as possible in your life anyway so you know how much it costs both of you to, to mm-hmm. exist. Yep. And then if you've got a spreadsheet like the one I've got, you can just go into the first page, remove one of the incomes and see on the third tab what everything looks like. For sure. And, and yeah, exactly right. And, and with those spreadsheets, we, we, we do something similar with our clients. I was working through one last night literally with a couple who are – mid twenties and thinking about this in a year or two Perfect. and, and she's like, I think we need to put five grand a year away to make 10 grand up Add the six or seven. I'm going to get the 13 from the government. Yeah. And then I've got and $200 a week, little buffer from our own savings. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll see them through 12 months and probably a good chunk of the next baby if they need it. Yeah. And if that means, oh, and this is the funny logic with the cars, right? So I see all these people drive around. They've got the brand new SUV four-wheel yeah. drives worth 60, 70 grand, right? Yeah. They're driving around clearly alone for that car. She or he is stressed out because they have to work three days a week to survive. Mm. You're freaking working for the car payment. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. It goes back to how much does it cost you to exist as a person? Then you actually, you can make decisions easier once you've got information. Mm. And then you know. That's right. Hey, Laura. Hey, Glenn. 
when you and Nathan like get married, start a family and, mm-hmm. and be all cute and want to buy a house and get a mortgage, where are you going to get your mortgage? I'm going to go to a mortgage broker. Well, no, you're going to go to sortyourmoneyout.com <laughs> and then click get help. Yes. And I'm going to ask you a couple little questions and introduce you to a mortgage broker that is best suited for you because why don't we want to go to a bank, Laura, directly? Banks are bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, basically, a mortgage broker, they will look at your situation and recommend the most appropriate loan for your circumstances. Indeed. I think that sounds really good. So, what's the website again? It's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Perfect. It's as simple as that. That is very simple. And remember, Laura, it's not a house. It's a home. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else that you were kind of talking to this couple last night about James? Yeah, like, look, we're doing a full plan for them. And and there's a lot of work around the cash flow and and all of that. There's there's two other um, boring but absolutely imperative parts. So, it's it's your insurance, your income, disability cover. Yeah. Getting that sorted because especially as, you know, if you are taking time off work, you know, the, I, I mean, not to get too technical, but if you get the right level of income protection in place now, you can lock that in for life. And so before you take time off work and before your income's damaged over, you know, the short term, you can sort that out. The other side is is get your will. If you, if you haven't got one, get it sorted. If you have one, update it for things like custody of the kids. That's, yeah, you know, And that's all boring housekeeping. Really boring. So important though. Absolutely. Pretty good idea. Yeah. So even like... I think it's if you've got your foundations in place, which is your insurances, your will, your estate planning, your emergency fund, it's just so weird. Like there will be a less chance of you living in chaos generally because mm. a small inconvenience doesn't turn into a freaking gigantic problem. Mm, for sure. So, yeah, it's and just that. I mean, just probably that loose attitude a little bit to. You things are gonna things probably will go wrong. Whether you if you have a great safe delivery and it's full term and you're straight out of hospital, that's fantastic. Um, but that kid is gonna turn your life upside down. So you don't have to you really don't want to be worrying Which, about money. Okay, so interesting. For Ada, she was fine, the delivery. Yeah. But Eden, this is a crazy story. Eden, yeah. That this little guy, um, so we had not long started sufficient funds. So I, you know, last year was the previous business partners. We'd made the amicable split July. We launched the new business July. I think it was July the 12th. Tash, 32 weeks pregnant, um, thought of waters had broke. She'd actually had a major hemorrhage. She's at work on a Friday afternoon, went into the bathroom and it's not the waters. Mm. She's, she called me from the car park. She's driving in the car and, straight through the boom gate into the hospital emergency they call a code blue they monitor for a little bit thankfully didn't deliver um that was at 32 weeks everything settled down but she wasn't really allowed out so got out for a week went in so we were delivering through private with the obstetrician and so he the rule was basically if you have another big bleed straight to emergency a small bleed come to a private a day went past at home we got a day at home and then she was straight back in and kept there for three and a half four weeks so he was born at so i mean that part was crazy right because my life from then brand new business had to just put the whole thing on hold basically and if you didn't have the war chest 
that inconvenience could have turned into a catastrophic problem. Fairly heavily, yeah. So, I mean, we were, it was get up, drop Ada at daycare, go into hospital, stop Tash from climbing the walls, go home, pick Ada up, maybe go back in, see Tash, go home again. And that's, you know, we're on the northern beaches. This is North Shore, so it's half an hour at best. Yeah. Um, so that went on for three or four weeks. And then he was born through emergency Caesar at 34 and a bit weeks. So not too, but not too early. Mm. Um, 2.6 kilos, a few weeks in special care. Uh, so now two months has gone past. Um, and came out a week later, had a really serious infection in his belly button, back in. So saw the GP in an ambulance, back into hospital, back out again 10 days later. So we, we lost three months and then we were picking up the pieces still in December. I mean, and, and that's it. Like, if you didn't have your little war chest, mm. you know, it could have caused you to not be able to pay your mortgage, going to default. Like, it could have turned tricky really fast. Yeah. And I know my sister, who's never listened to an episode of the podcast, shout out Lauren, what up? <laughs> um, she fell pregnant, which was a bit of a surprise. Then we had the scan. Oh, there's twins, double surprise. And it's like sucked in. You had planned for two kids with your car and now you've got another one coming. <laughs> <laughs> but those, uh, the twins had twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome and they were delivered at 26 weeks. Yeah. And they spent three months at RPA and thankfully... Jeff's work basically gave him the time off paid because he'd been with his employer for a long time. And that goes to another topic about loyalty and having a good environment because when the times get tough, people can actually look after you. So it wasn't, there wasn't a financial stress there. It was just a pain in the butt. Mm. Mm. So by all means, you've, and that's it, you've planned just because, but the worst case did happen, which was chaos for many weeks. And you survived it. We survived it. And and you, there's nothing you can do to plan for yeah. that. You just literally drop everything. Yeah. Um, and it, we learn a lot about perspective. We yes. never, you've never been through anything like that as 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 hectic as that was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, financially it was okay. The yeah. And client-wise, I mean, I'm lucky. I don't know. I wouldn't call it luck, but we only deal with clients that we like and yeah. vice versa. And that's yeah. what ends up happening is all the yeah. clients like, yeah, but talk I don't to us in three months. I don't want to get savage here, but I will. This is why you need to get your financial protection in order as soon as possible for both spouses because worst case scenario, and I'm sorry to use you for example, if Tash passed away mm. because of that, you want to make sure you've got enough money to pay off the mortgage and to be a full-time dad if you would like. Yeah. It's as simple as that because this is real. Childbirth is actually a very high-risk activity. Mm. Uh, that's why I'll never personally do it um, straight up. <laughs> and John will because he likes risk. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just about getting those foundations in order. And if you do fall pregnant and to surprise, get moving. You know what I mean? For sure. So, time prior to having kids is the, when you've got the time as well. You know, you've got more time on your hands of the night to be able to get these things organised. Absolutely. Because a lot of people put it off because of the paperwork and the, the paper trail, and it's I don't have time to do that. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I know lots of people who are ten years down the track of having kids and still don't have a will. Yeah. And still don't have insurance. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. Yeah. You know, we crap on about it a fair bit on this podcast. One because I've just seen. And James has seen 
the actual effects on people's lives when they don't have insurance. And I kind of want to change Australian society. So as soon as you turn 18 and get a job and you get your car, the first thing you do is get comprehensive car insurance. Like it's just, it's what you do. I want to make it the norm. The first thing you do is get your income insurance sorted because that is your most valuable asset. Mm. And if you just can't turn back time when the worst case happens. If you don't want to insure yourself, please uninsure your car. Yeah. Mm. Because then- your logic is wrong. Mm. Trauma cover policies specifically list things like pregnancy complications. Absolutely. Depending on what they are, you can. Well, you I, can get I had a client. She um, she had an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. Rushed the hospital, really crazy, and they got a partial benefit from the trauma mm. cover of twenty five thousand dollars, and it just allowed them to take time off work, go on a bit of, a, and this was their first child as well, go on a little holiday and just breathe. Yeah. Because it was a stressful moment, and she could have died from Mm. the event Mm. so we say it all the time but it's only because we've actually seen the worst case so there's one here from sally hey guys love the podcast does it make a big difference um buying a house before or after a baby as far as borrowing capacity goes also do banks regard being in the same industry as being in the same job so james you're also a mortgage broker Mm. uh, and you help a lot of clients and i guess listeners of of the show sort out their mortgage sort out their cash flow sort out their insurances yeah if i can say one thing from just a practical point of view pidge and amy they were renting when they fell pregnant yep and the kids turned out fine yep there's hundreds of people around that have been a child in a rental and survived we were renting our first two babies and our third one living with my mum Perfect. So, there were, we, uh, I never had the, uh, the yeah. let's do the nursery, let's so, do the, yeah, yeah. none of that. So, I've, there's been so many people that I've talked with and they want to wait before they have a baby and delay it to try and have the home. I think that's as well intentioned as it is, it's not actually a requirement that you start a family owning your home because it's the logic thing. If you'd lived and worked within Sydney CBD or whatever – you might not ever be able to buy a home within 20 kilometers of the city. Like it might just not happen, right? Mm. So we just need to say you can start a family and rent a property and it can be a loving household. So that's number Absolutely. one. So James, speak to... So don't use that as a decision to delay. Uh, I probably would because, again, I don't think I could have kids unless it was a surprise. So <laughs> I'll use that as, a, as an excuse. But just financially, talk about if you had clients about the actual getting a mortgage. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you're ready to buy and you're looking and you're wanting to, then then absolutely try and do it before the kid. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't delay it to save a deposit like we were talking about before. The, the idea of having kids, it doesn't necessarily just happen. If you're at the right age and you think you're ready to do that, like work with what your circumstances are. But if you're ready to buy, you've got the deposit, you're good to go. Yeah, do it. Your income's stronger now. Yeah. Um, and, and banks are getting super tight with the Royal Commission and everything else that's happening. It's getting really hard to to get what used to get over the line across. That's probably the most important thing, actually just looking at the lenders and making sure. But obviously then look at your situation. Can you afford the mortgage when you're off work? Have you got some cash stashed to make that work as well? Yeah, yeah. And I guess there too you could also say that perhaps if they are wanting to have the baby and they've got something towards a deposit that perhaps isn't enough for in the area that they would like to live in, then there's nothing to stop them getting in the market elsewhere. Mm. Um, 
before they fall pregnant. So they've used both incomes to help. And it could be let's rent vest. That's right. And get the ball happening. Exactly. Yeah. So so we've made that first step. Then we can have the baby. Yeah. We can then reassess, you know. Do you know John Pigeon by chance? <laughs> <laughs> but you're exactly right. I mean, if you've got a decent deposit but you can't afford a house, well, mm. yeah, let's use the two incomes. Yeah. And yeah. Pull the trigger and That's right. let's buy an investment property now. Get that put to bed. Yeah. We don't have to be living in mm. the perfect dream house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't exist, does it? No. James, and just at that part too, if you change the employment, if you're a management consultant. Sure. And then you've been a management consultant for 10 years, then you move and got another job as a management consultant. The banks aren't going to say, no, you need to be in that role for another three no. months. No. So Most of the time, that's fine. I mean, we're, we're dealing with a client at the moment who's gone from graphic design to corrective services. Yeah, that's an issue. And maybe. That, that's an issue because he's casual as well yeah. and on probation. So, yeah. but it's not an issue with all of the lenders. There are some that will still give it a go, but you probably pay a bit more for it. Taylor asks, hey team, slightly obsessed with your podcast. Thanks so much for all the tips and insights. You're welcome. I am 27 year old, single. And I'd love to have a baby in the next five years. Problem is I haven't met the right person to do it with yet. And I want to have a plan B in place, i.e. fund for IVF. Don't need a man in this financial plan. Wink. <laughs> Would love to hear a discussion around planning for the future without having to rely on meeting someone else to do it with. Um, and then Al the said egg freezing costs a bit, but I've heard it can be cost effective. So, James, can you talk to that? Egg freezing, 250 bucks for six months. I'll get two of them. <laughs> <laughs> you can, that, that includes as many as, if you've, got, as, you've, as you've got. Well, hang on a minute. No, that, that's, that, that could be embryos. So, yeah, maybe it might be a little bit different. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it goes back to anything. Just go to your GP, have the discussion. Have the chat. Yeah. Or just Google. Talking to the mic, bro. Start, start, start calling you John Pigeon in a minute. <laughs> So, yeah, just um, that's fine. I mean, absolutely. There's no reason why you can't plan for that. Free some eggs if you are worried. And and also, I mean, love the thought process too that like we try and encourage everyone to not set, don't don't follow those old school rules and society's norms. If, if you want to have a baby by yourself, go and do it. Absolutely. Um, I, I was mean, actually think thinking the other day. Think through it, obviously. But. I, I might be keen to donate my seed. That'd be special. <laughs> to the listeners? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's a whole episode in itself. <laughs> You're, this could be the start of a really good be. cult. <laughs> yes. And we could have a true crime podcast. <laughs> My millennial seed. <laughs> oh, <woo>. uh, <laughs> do you need to take off now? How are we going? Right in the middle of this conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Too late. We can, go, we can go for a few more minutes. Yeah. Okay. Ainsley says, we lived on one income for a year or two before having kids so that we knew we could survive financially and it was a great way to smash the mortgage. And I mean, that's totally cool. I mean- Corinne, your work, Ainsley. Yeah, like Karinya mm. who um, wrote that comment before about going to one income, like I know them personally, the good friends of mine. Actually, her- Husband is the executor of my will because I didn't want my family because I knew that Tim could actually get things done and be less emotional. Anyway, it's another story. So they basically um, got the mortgage and, you know, she, shout out, Karina, you're a planner. She was a go-getter. Now, 
they got the home, smashed the mortgage. They did a six-month trip around the world, which probably cost over 50 grand, put renters in the house and just totally lived, turn it up a notch. And then, you know, recently have had the kids. So it's choose your own adventure. Mm. And I know if money hasn't been a huge stress in their life because they basically don't have a mortgage. Mm. And yeah. they've just two amazing incomes. So it's that strategy. Just have the discussion with your spouse and be on the same page. For sure. It's all good. And you've got the, I mean, the other thing is everyone's, everyone says their lives. Well, look, I actually think, well, I mean, we were the ones that were all saying definitely 100% our lives will not change when we have babies. We're going to keep traveling. We're going to do. And, and to be honest, I mean, I'm surfing once a week now where I was, it was there almost every day. Um, and I've become the opposite of what I thought I would be. But that's, we're in the middle of a, a fairly heavy cloud at the moment. Don't, don't be don't be scared to just try and push the boundaries a bit. You don't, just because you've got kids, you can drag them everywhere. Absolutely. And I think that that idea often has a a negative vibe associated with it. Like, yes, of course your life's going to change, you know, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. No. And embrace it for what it is at the moment and it will change again next year and the year after (laughs) and the year after. Yeah. And I mean, I... I guess we've talked about wanting to plan it. Um, I say two things when it comes to starting a family uh, and particularly if it isn't planned. So if you fall pregnant tomorrow, I just want you to do two things until the baby is delivered and home safe because people go, why do you always say that? I say, well, just in case you have an emergency like James has had and that throws everything into a spin. So if you fall pregnant tomorrow, I want you to put... and pretty much even if you were kind of planning and working your way through debt until the baby's home and safe, I want all your debt repayments in terms of your credit cards, your personal loans, your car loans, everything on minimum payments for the next nine months or so. Just keep them on minimum payments. And two, I want you to build as much cash as possible. So that's your job if you fall pregnant tomorrow. Okay. Now you say, how come you telling me not to pay down my credit card debt and my personal loan like that seems so dumb i'm like well if you're so smart einstein why have you got the credit card paying interest anyway Mm. so that's just my vibe on that so try it my way um and don't go into any more debt Mm. okay and then as a rule of thumb for everybody starting a family i really liked both of your ideas about um not having to buy things until you need it now i always say if you're on a budget um, pick one premium item only and enjoy that. And I use the example, if you go for a jog every morning and you want to buy the premium jogger pram, whatever it is, and that costs a million dollars, buy that, but take the sacrifice on the bassinet. Have you had one of those, Amy? Yep. I had a good running pram. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of other stuff that we spend a lot of money on. Yeah. Oh, so you're but, a good example of my... Yeah. Yeah, well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, absolutely. It was one thing that I... You know, I was prepared to pay more money for for yeah. the the ease of use. The um, I wanted the quality. I knew that I'd probably have one more than one baby. I wanted it to last for multiple pregnancies. Yeah. Um, and I then um, gave it like passed it on to other. It's still being used now. Maybe yeah. five babies now. Yeah. My three, and then another couple mm. down the track. So yeah. I'd rather spend. Yeah. In that, that sense, quality yeah, one premium item or whatever it is Absolutely. in your world, whether yeah, yeah, and and the. And the thing is, like, I'll be real, if you are not career inclined and you're happy to be a full-time parent, 
there might be an item at home that you want to have as your premium thing. Mm. For sure. And the message we're putting out today is there's no rules. There's do it your way, but just use your brain, use a sounding board. We were on the we were on the flip side of that. We did. I mean, we got two thousand dollars worth of car seats in the in the cars at the moment. But the pram was six hundred bucks, and it's it's lasted so well. Yeah. And for Eden, we've put the little skateboard thing. Yeah, they're cool. Like a hundred bucks on the back of it. Well. Mm. Yeah. Ada loves it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, she doesn't anymore. Actually, she's becoming <laughs> very independent. But one um one thing I could say, Glenn, too, yeah. with your shopping pre-baby is that there are a heap of great um, Facebook groups, um, Instagram pages um, where they will sell second-hand mm. gear. But when you say second-hand, stuff that maybe has never been used. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty of people sure. out there who will buy two prams and they use one for three or four weeks and then yeah. realise it's not the one they want. And yeah. So, you know, there's... This, you know, if you're creative and clever with how you're shopping and, you know, you can get some great things. And even save yourself a heap of money. Like I say with furniture, just search Gumtree or Marketplace yeah. in affluent suburbs. Absolutely. And just go and steal stuff yeah. <laughs> that's in good condition. Uh, Nell asks, my boyfriend and I are trying to agree on how much money we should have before trying for a baby. He thinks 50K. <sighs> I think that's unnecessarily and would be closer to 15K. This is outside of our mortgage repayments and saving a deposit for a new home. Yeah, I think your boyfriend might be like me, just trying to push, kick that can down the road <laughs> yeah. a bit longer. <laughs> I guess that question is completely dependent on the individual, isn't it? How much time you want off work? What you know? Yeah, and that's it. We don't know all the questions, but I, I would say you wouldn't really need more than your three months emergency fund as a benchmark, and then go to, okay, who's having time off work? How much do we need to cash flow or to top up the um, Centrelink baby bonus and yeah. pa- uh, parental leave or whatever all that stuff is? So, that's right. I think, yeah, 50 grand. Yeah, sure. If you both want to have a year off, that's fine. Uh, it might be 50 grand. But again, let's get both of you in front of a third party. Uh, let's get both of you. And you're saving for a home as well. Hey, jump on to... Let us know and have a spend two hundred dollars with John as a clarity call. You know what mm. I mean? Like have that sounding board. Yeah, and you're probably right. It's almost like I tell people I know the exact amount you need for retirement. Do you know, Amy, what the exact amount is you need for retirement? No. Do you know, James? Whatever you need. No, no, no. You're both wrong. <laughs> you're both so wrong. The answer is as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you were trying to trick me up with something really technical. <laughs> yeah, that was. That's so technical. <laughs> the right amount you need before you do anything is as much as possible because we all know when building a house or renovating or whatever, it's going to take double the time and double the cost that you think and you save for. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, we might leave it there. Thanks so much, guys, for having a chat about um, preparing for a baby. And that's been part one of our two-part series And the next part is, once you've got the baby, how the hell do we manage our money and what do we do with our finances when the litter is home? Thanks for joining us, both of you, and I'll uh, talk to you on the next episode. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. 
But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organisation that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Approach Limited, trading a sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.